0: The Crude Life every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.
1: I don't need nobody to tell me who to be. Don't need nobody to tell me what I see.
2: I Welcome to the Crude Life podcast. My name is Jason Spees. I am the North Dakota nomad, the shale play prophet. Thank you folks for joining in as I'm broadcasting here from the Hatch Coaching Studios. Coming up a little later in the program on the Bakken barbecue phone lines, Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway to Science talks about a $250,000 donation from Hess Corporation. Also, she mentions a few other oil and gas donations and how it has helped transforming energy at the Gateway to Science Building. In fact, that's the name of their new wing, transforming energy that they have being built right now under construction. That was redundant. And the remainder of the resources are going to be used for their mobile STEM display, which brings STEM to uh, rural communities. STEM, of course, is science, uh, technology, engineer, math, I believe is what it is. And arts got left out. It used to be called STEAM. Now it's called STEM. And uh, I wish you would get back to steam. I'm a big fan of the arts. I'm a big advocate for the arts. The music you're listening to on the program is an art. A podcast is an art. Painting, of course, is an art. But when you look at what oil and gas professionals do, that is an art. People out there in the field, fishing, doing some of the most the chemistries uh, sets involved. I mean, so much of the oil and gas industry is an art. And you go to Tulsa, take a look at their art. That's a different kind, but what else do we got coming up on today's program here on the Crude Life Podcast? Let's see, we've got Joel Brown with mineraltracker.com talking about sweeping floors at his grandfather's oil field service company at the age of 13, being one of the first University of North Dakota petroleum engineer students, and then moving back to Watford City starting mineraltracker.com a little bit of a living the crude life story here today to end the program on our daily update we'd like to end the show with a three minute 30 second update with uh we give to our radio stations but we like to share it here at the podcast you know basically because it's already done i mean it's already done so just put it in the podcast why not it's done you got to take that rag of content and wring it out just get every drop you can out of it just that content rag of just squeeze it out provolone our entitled intern that's what i like to talk about by the way is when it comes to content you got to think of it as like a wet rag and you just you squeeze as much out of it as possible. You put it on YouTube. You put it on Facebook Watch. You put it out in the Twitter land, Instagram, Facebooks, YouTubes. I already said YouTube, but you get the point. See, I'm getting redundant again. Twice I've been redundant in the first three minutes of this show. This is this is going to be so. This is esoteric energy at its finest right here. We just throw the scripts out, and you know what? We just do a full 360. We're going to change our life and do a 360. That's what we're going to do. Circle around and be exactly what we just were. I love it when people say that. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to do a 360. I just look at them. I kind of cock my head like a beagle. What? Or like a bloodhound? Just, what did you just say? Kind of look at them all kind of weird. But hey, at least we haven't gotten into reduplication yet. That will come, usually after a cocktail or two. I start saying words like, we need to reduplicate what we just did. I mean, you start throwing out words like that at a at a little mixer and fundraiser, you get ostracized or you get thrown up on stage really quick. People either become very inspired by your new language, or you're just they call you a cab. <laughs> One of the two. So okay, let's see. What else do we got going on today's program? The popular headlines are coming up in just a moment or two. Today's sponsor, I do want to thank Hawker Wellworks. Here at The Crude Life, we have a daily sponsor and they keep the lights on. And one of the things we try to do here at The Crude Life Podcast is not only keep our lights on, but educate, inform, and entertain the people out there on how those lights get kept on. So is that right? Get kept on. Because it's not just the flick of the switch. It actually takes a little bit of work to go into that. But today's person really, they forget it's, it's much like when the farmer got replaced by the grocery store, which is now getting replaced by Amazon. So when you think about it, the farmer has gone through this. We are experiencing it right now to where everybody just assumes when you flick on the switch, energy's there. And it's the men and women that work at Hawker Well Works who really allow our lights to be turned on, both literally and metaphorically. The Hawker pipe Handler was developed to simplify the well servicing process by reducing the need for manual labor The Hawker pipe handler improves production times and reduces overall well servicing costs for a safer work environment The Hawker reduces the need for manual labor when lifting the pipe and removing from the service rig. By using our pipe handler, it greatly reduces the chance of back injuries and workman's comp claims for the company. That right there, folks, is a reason to check out Hawker Well Works. For more information, go to hawkerwellworks.com. They can get you ready, set up within minutes, hawkerwellworks.com. All right. We also want to mention our featured event, the 23rd annual API Gumbo Cookoff, happening Saturday, 28th, in Dickinson, North Dakota, at the West River Ice Rink. It's a new location. I've done it in the past as a judge. It is a fantastic time. In fact, my son and I, my son Otis, and I, we judged it uh, a couple times. Uh, he he went up there. That was the year of the bottle flips. Remember the bottle flipping? So imagine this, I think he was eight years old at the time. So we're eight years old, it's Mardi Gras theme, and you've got this eight-year-old kid wearing a North Dakota State Bison jersey uh, with about 50 beads on. And there was this, the, the way that the, the the system was set up was the bar was about 40 feet maybe 30 feet from where the gumbo thing was. So there was a cattle trail going back and forth quite a bit. People would go and they get double-fisted, and then they go back to the Mardi Gras, et cetera, et cetera, back and forth, right, uh, the, the gumbo cook-off. So my son, God, a smart little capitalist he is, decided to do bottle-flipping in front of that cattle trail. Well, lo and behold, within 20 seconds... He's got some drunk person betting him that they can land it before any. He made forty five dollars hustling a bunch of gumbo drunks and (laughs) at the cook off. (laughs) So it's a good time, folks. That's all I'm telling you. If an eight year old can go muscle and hustle forty five bucks out of a bunch of oil and gas people having a good time on bottle flipping, it's it's like the crude life's bottle. Ready for anything? Okay, so the Earth's champion, Johnny Green, stopped by again and left me a note. It says, supersized solar farms are taking over the world. So let's take a look at the story that Johnny Green, the Earth's champion, has left us. Now, Johnny Green is the uh, environmentalist that we sponsored. And Johnny Green's message is that if we power our cell phones down one hour a day, we can keep driving our SUVs. And renewables ain't doable without fossil fuelables. So we really love Johnny Green's message. We sponsored him. He won the championship and he has the belt to prove it now. He's got the 15 pounds at eco authority and he's out cleaning up, cleaning and Johnny Greening people's souls and swamps. And he's uh, tell you Johnny Green, nothing like him, but he did leave me this link to a story. super solar farms are taking over the world. As costs come down, developers are going for even more scale, like 550 football fields of scale. So all of a sudden, solar energy is huge once again. As many of the world's major governments and corporations move move the transition to global power supply away from fossil fuels, developers are transforming swaths of empty desert, agriculture, and rural lakefront into vast solar energy farms. All right, folks, you, 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 this is a real serious problem here because this is where I do not understand environmentalists. And Johnny Green says, environmentalists have lost their way. They've become texting, trolling, curing drinking carbon waste zones. And this is an example by... Covering the state of Massachusetts, Vermont, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island. I'm trying to think if there's another state too up there, that New Hampshire maybe. Um, it's all the way down to like Virginia now. The amount of states that you would actually have to cover in solar panels to power the United States. I mean, it's like 10 states. You'd have to cover 10 states in in, in, in geographical square acreage i don't know what the term is so i know a few you were chuckling at my attempt to sound smart there so if you look at it i mean it grows it's been growing because we continue to add people to our, our country so before it was like eight states now it's like 10 or 13 or something like that it's like it's like the colony it's like the 13 colonies now you gotta have to a solar farm And why does nobody care about the desert tortoise? I do. I used to live with a guy uh, in California. He let me stay with him while I was uh, kind of transitioning from uh, North Dakota out to uh, Cal State Fullerton. And for a month, I stayed at his place in Chino, Chino Hills. And he had a desert tortoise right in his backyard. So I, I got to know him every day. And what a cool animal. And these solar farms... They they do, they're, they're the sage grouse of s- solar panels. I mean, the, the desert tortoise is getting eradicated like the golden eagle is by wind farms, like the bat is by wind turbines, the wind spinners, as Johnny Green says. So this, again, this race to create massive scales of power by renewable energy is just so far from reality. These wind turbines, the wind spinners, they're not efficient and economical. They're just not. The solar panels are not. And when you talk about the, the, the risk versus the reward, we're not even close to understanding how to reclaim we don't know the impacts on the e- ecology. We do with fossil fuels, actually. We, we, we really do. Now, there's a couple areas we're, we're still learning in the fossil fuels, but we're well ahead of where renewables are when it comes to actually, actually protecting, preserving, and progressing the earth. See, solar and wind, they're, they're still ripping stuff out. They're getting rid of desert turtles and native flora and fauna. Oil and gas sends somebody out there to survey it to make sure the history is preserved. And then when they, when they leave, they're like a Boy Scout and they leave the place better than what it was because they put in new vegetation that may not have existed before in that area for a long time. So, you know, even when you think of, all right, that's no, I'm I'm we're good there. So I, I have to take a step back because when I get in this renewable stuff, it just it what what bothers me about the whole renewable movement is it's just depressing to see humanity and the herd mentality and the Pied Piper and the Lemmings just how easily they're controlled. How easily with a with a little bit of a tweak of the heartstring and a, a good looking smile and you can really just control masses of people. And I don't know if I'm looking at the people and being disappointed or if I'm looking at the person and being disappointed. I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B, but it 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 is disappointing and depressing. And so folks, hopefully. We can educate those people. We can entertain those people. We can even infotain those people. I mean, we got to figure out a way to let them know how those light switches get turned on. Okay, what do we got coming up here next? Let's do headlines, okay? Headlines coming up here on the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees, Provolone. Our entitled intern is manning the production elements. Provolone comes to us via... Mama and, Mama and Papa Oil and Gas Company, because uh, Provolone's parents own a modest oil and gas company. Mama and Papa OG, and OGC, I mean, OGC. And uh, Papa is, uh, he's, he's, he's reading the tea leaves a little bit right now on the way things are going, uh, the way that the coronavirus has impacted commerce. He's reading the tea leaves on the way uh, states are starting to buy mineral leases. He's reading the tea leaves on how foreign companies are buying a lot of American leases. So I got a call from him this weekend and he's just, you know, sometimes you get a phone call from somebody and they just like to talk things through. And that was one of those phone calls where they don't even want you to say a word. They just want to talk. And they want to know that at the end of it, they can have a conversation about the just the... Verbal diarrhea that just came out of the out of your mouth, but it's good diarrhea because it's it actually somewhat makes sense and it's supposed to be to progress. But at the end of the day, some of it, if if you're a, a, a fly on the wall, it makes no sense to the average person. So he's just going through a few things, uh, discussing the change of the market. Uh, I've been through this before with the internet. The internet changed the media industry, folks. When you look at what the internet did to the media you just have to consider one thing there's a form of media called the newspaper and the newspaper had a monopoly in most towns when i say most i want to say like 95 percent i mean very few towns had two newspapers very few towns so you're a newspaper you have a monopoly for over a hundred years i mean these newspapers had a monopoly for a 100 years. And the internet comes around, and in 10 years, many are going bankrupt. Many are getting bought out. Many are consolidating. Most still do not even know how to make money. They're still losing money trying to figure one thing out to the next trying to compete with facebook and google and all the other internets that are coming out and now you got ron burgundy coming out with a third series of the podcast you got me having a podcast now you got my neighbor's cat has a podcast so if, if you're a newspaper you're just continuing to reinvent reinvent banging your head against the wall can you know keeping that momentum going as long as there's gas in the, in, in the car but When you think about it, the Los Angeles Times had a monopoly for 100 years. Craigslist, the internet comes around 10 years later, they had to file bankruptcy. Chicago Tribune, Boston Globe. I'm telling you folks, the oil and gas industry is going through a paradigm shift. It is not gonna look the same in five years. The oil and gas industry will not look the same in five years. It'll look a little bit the same but in the same way newspapers have changed, the oil and gas industry will change too. All right, all right, all right. Time for headlines. Let's take a look at headlines. Today's first headline comes from Carl's Bad Current Argus. By the way, folks, headlines is very simple. We just read the headline, the first couple paragraphs, make our assessment, move on with life, because that is the way the average person reads the news today. You know, sometimes they don't even read the first couple paragraphs, they just read the headlines. But we like to be thorough and read two paragraphs in our news story uh links are available at the crude life show page so if you'd like to check at check out the links and read the entire stories which we prefer you do uh go to the crude click on our show page the daily headline links are available right there and today's comes from carlsbad current argus permian basin to gulf coast crude oil pipeline completed as production grows nationwide A crude oil pipeline connecting the Permian Basin oil fields with export markets along the Gulf Coast went into service last month, shipping hundreds, shipping oil hundreds of miles east across Texas. Epic Crude Holdings announced that its 30-inch permanent crude oil pipe was completed on February 26th and expected to go into full service by April. Now, this is that pipeline that goes from Orla, Texas It goes across the Delaware, the Midland, the Eagleford Basins, all the way to the port of Corpus Christi where oil is exported. This is one of those stories we've been doing for three years here on The Crude Life, and it's so fun to see It come to fruition because uh ian Vasey, he's in charge of the uh, economic development down in corpus christi he's been on the program a couple times these are some of the things he's been talking about we've had the texas pipeline folks on these are the projects that are coming to fruition so this is fantastic news for the oil and gas industry it's going to increase the flow which is going to increase the the sale of it because there is a market out there there is a market and it's going to continue to grow so good news For the oil and gas industry, our next headline comes Occidental Aims to Open Eyes to Oil and Gas at Girls Science. CBS4 has teamed up with Denver Museum of Nature and Science to host the sixth annual Girls in Science. A day focused on introducing girls to women in steam fields. Hey, look at that. They got steam there. Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. See, I told you, they got steam. In Oh, no wonder it's in Colorado. In Colorado, oil and gas exploration and production creates tens of thousands of those jobs. Occidental is the largest oil and gas producer in the state. Jennifer Shea of Occidental, the company's environmental director, said she was drawn to steam career as a child. My dad was a mechanical engineer. He worked a lot in the environmental regulation realm, so he always used to bring materials and information home. She would ask him a lot of questions. She said so. She was exposed to the oil and gas. She continued it. More opportunities are out there every single day. This is one of those things I'm talking about to where the energy industry is gonna change. In North Dakota, so many jobs are tied to the energy industry, they're not considered the energy industry, and it has to do with the, the, the drones, the artificial intelligence, the optics, the sensors, a lot of the automation and the innovation that is going into the energy world, that is where the new opportunities are coming. The environmental direction, like what Jennifer Shea of Occidental is doing, that is a new direction. So there is a lot, that's what I'm saying, folks. The steak sandwich is changing. It's now Steakums, or it's not Steakums, and you got to have the real thing because the industry is changing. The money is still on the planet. It's still circulating around. Now, it's changing because of the climate. It's changing because of the environment. It's changing because of regulation. It's changing because of science. So, keep listening to the crude life, keep sharing the crude life, keep liking the crude life because we like to talk about these things that are changing with the industry so that you may know how to adjust your day accordingly, inform your day accordingly, because in order to survive in today's world, you got to be nimble and you got to be quick. And the crude life is trying to be your eyes and ears out there with an esoteric approach to energy. We just throw the scripts out. We don't, oh, I just ripped the script. We see, we, we throw the script out so much. We rip it. Provolone. I got us. I got something for you to do today. Make me a new script. I felt See, I had to exert some energy in an authoritative way to react and compensate for me screwing up, and I thought I'd take it out on you. That's the way we do things here. We're pretty honest, especially when we have to do some self-growing here on this podcast. We should do a self-help podcast brought to you by oil and gas truckers. That would be awesome. Boy, would that... I mean, the advice, I've, I mean, I've always wanted to do a show called Trucker's Wisdom, but I, I think a self-help podcast by oilfield truckers might, might compete with Ron Burgundy, might compete with Mike Tyson. I know it would beat Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell. That I know. Okay, folks, what do we got next for headlines? Our last headline. Joe Biden's post Super Tuesday fundraiser boost. Leonardo DiCaprio, Keegan Michael Key among guests at Beverly Hills Keys Hills event. I, I don't know who Keegan Michael Key is, but he's in the headline. So apparently he's as big as Leonardo DiCaprio. Less than 24 hours after Joe Biden declared his presidential campaign very much alive with a trove of Super Tuesday comeback victories from former vice president, is celebrating tonight with Hollywood A-listers. As Biden's campaign sees a big boost in new bundlers and donors as momentum swings his way as the more moderate alternative to Bernie Sanders, the event sold out and had to be moved outside of Lansing's pad to accommodate 350 or so guests, tickets started at a 1000 bucks per person. Well, this is great, folks, because only people like Leonardo DiCaprio and Bad Robots Brian Weinstein and Los Angeles mayor uh Eric Garcetti can afford it. So the Democrats who are for the people, thousand bucks a person. That's that's easy, right? If you're you know, if you're working three jobs, minimum wage, you get time to fork out a thousand bucks to go and hang out with Joe Biden and support his campaign, right? I mean, you can't make it up. And Leonardo, by the way, do you know like an ounce of cheese is equivalent to like driving your SUV for a day? I'm not kidding. So as Leonardo DiCaprio, the biggest hypocrite on the planet, living on the planet of platitudes, flies around his private jet eating wine and cheese, whining and dining and jet setting and jet flying, not like Ric Flair. Ric Flair, Leonardo, you got nothing on Ric Flair living in the planet of platitudes point is point is if leonardo dicaprio is joining forces with joe biden joe biden is your presidential candidate done bernie you're over now if george clooney sides with bernie uh, maybe but actually i think the whole environmental movement and George Clooney supporting child labor, which by the way, how does how does George Clooney get interviewed by some coffee company having child labor? I mean, that's like if the CEO of Burger King gets busted, they're gonna go interview that creepy clown or that creepy king. And they should get the creepy clown's reaction to what the Burger King guy did. that That's what the news needs to do is start interviewing mascots. Forget the CEOs. That's, <laughs> we just created another podcast. The Mascot News. Oh man, this is, I didn't realize I was gonna be so creative today here on The Crude Life. So uh, that's what I, here's the other thing too, uh, just a little bit of a local local nugget here for you folks. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, she bowed out and put her support behind Joe Biden. And uh, of course, many people think this was a backdoor political deal that either Amy Klobuchar will be the vice presidential candidate or like secretary of state. So by doing that, that was a big shift for Biden over Bernie Sanders, which I do believe the oil and gas thing has a lot to do with it because the smart... Democrats are looking at Bernie Sanders with his crazy hair and I mean honestly the guy looks like he just walked through a wind tunnel and I don't I don't mean that to put him down I mean that that that's true I mean he looks like like the the, the crazy professor from um Back to the Future like he's just so caught up in in his world his hair is just all over the place and I I can see where they said you know what you're you're not going to win. You're you're going to corral. But here's here's where Bernie does really well. He he corral[s] the young people, and Biden will not do that. He's a stuffed shirt. He's not. That's why they need Leonardo. They need his. They need his dreaminess. Oh, Leo, you're so dreamy. Oh, King of the World. Anyway, getting back to Amy Klobuchar, my son Otis has interviewed her back when he was doing Kids and Capitalism. Amy Klobuchar, he interviewed her about STEM and STEAM. Look at that. Our third reference to STEM, because Beth Demke's coming up in just a bit here from the Gateway Science Center talking about Hess Corporation's $250,000 STEM donation. And then one of our headlines, we talked about Jennifer Shea, the environmental director from Occidental, how STEAM, which is the art version of STEM, influenced her into going to oil and gas. We gotta get jennifer shea on the phone and figure out if she would do an interview because i love hearing the crude life stories and joel brown is going to say his story a little bit later how living the crude life sweeping floors at age 13 now doing mineral tracker doing you know a petroleum engineer so people have great stories so anytime that we can explain you know living the crude life we like to do that Okay, Provolone, let's take a brief pause, get Beth Demke on the line, if you wouldn't mind, so that we can do our podcast interview here with Beth Demke with the Gateway Science Center talking about the $250,000 donation from Hess coming up in just a moment or two. My name is Jason Spies. Provolone is manning our production elements of the podcast. Our sponsor today is Hawker WellWorks, and we'll see in about 30 seconds or so. We just got to get our stuff together here, so we'll be back in 30, folks.
0: I'm doing okay. I'm here for the moment, you know, I'm on my way. I came and I said what I have to say. I just soon be on
3: my
0: The fruit life is sponsored in part by
3: Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Man.
0: Well, you're my surfboard, baby. Let me be your boogie man. Boogie, man, boogie, man, boogie, man. Well, you're my surfboard, baby. Let me be your boogie, man. Boogie man, boogie man, boogie man.
2: Yeah, you and me will ride this way. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. I am the North Dakota Nomad, the shale, play, profit. Broadcasting from the Hatch Coaches Studios, our entitled intern. Provolone is manning the production elements of this podcast. We have Beth Demke joining us in just a moment here on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines. Beth Demke is with the Bismarck Gateway Science Center. We're going to talk about the $250,000 donation from Hess Corporation and her mobile STEM unit and their new construction of transforming energy. Boy, I got a lot of things to talk about here. Is she ready, Provolone? Excellent. Beth Demke, Bismarck Gateway Science Center. And let's get a mic level check from her if you wouldn't mind. Provolone.
4: Damn key I'm executive director of gateway to
2: science thank you very much for joining us today we're here to talk about a nice story that's happening in the oil and gas industry Hess corporation donates gives Bismarck gateway to Science Center250,000 dollar grant to develop a new energy exhibit and back new stem activities uh, we're being joined by Beth Demke. How are you doing today? Executive Director to the Gateway Science. How are you doing today? Sorry, I spoke too soon. That's all right. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. appreciate you coming on to talk about this. Great. I call it the great example of capitalism because I love how a lot of these uh, big companies are giving back to the communities that they're they're involved in. And what a great way for an energy company to give back that in the world of science. I agree with you. It's it's a great way
4: for the company to support community in the region um, and, and also to help with job force development. And I, I don't think a lot of people consider Gateway to Science in that pathway, but we, we truly are. We start from very young children um, and get kids interested in the world of STEM, you know, and we help their parents and their caregivers understand what some of those career possibilities can be. So when a company like Hess Corporation steps up and supports those efforts, it's huge.
2: This is one of the ways of cultivating tomorrow's trades, tomorrow's skills, and I'm glad you brought that up because, in fact, I'll be in Watford City doing a roundtable discussion with high school kids because they're bringing a lot of these skills and uh, trade initiatives, if you will, into the schools to get them Ready for the basically the new the tomorrow's jobs that are here today. If you, I mean, that's probably the best way to put it. Tomorrow's jobs that are here today.
4: That are here today, and some of tomorrow's jobs that we don't know about yet. In fact, know, and so, a lot of it is developing those transferable skills, and STEM skills are all about that. It's when, when you are STEM literate, you are
2: much more prepared for what's coming next. And that's, and that's, and that's really what, where. That's what out. Yeah, because that's that's what's happening. I remember my last year of college, they were making jokes that you know the people entered, entering computer science by the time they graduated college, the stuff that they learned was already outdated. That was that was a it, it, weird dynamic. True,
4: the, exact, the exact science might have been outdated, but the transferable
2: skills that they were ga- gaining were still applicable. Right, you and know, that's so and it was. Sh- It was shortly after that that STEM came out to where it was like a a short period to where they started noticing that the technology was advancing too fast. But you're right. They did notice there was a core and these transferable skills that were there. And so uh, you started seeing more focus on that as opposed to I think they broke them down into MIS, CIS and all these different forms of technology that they're like wow the speed of things are just happening so fast how do you describe stem to somebody let's you know it's um i know it's science technology engineering math but there's a little bit more to it than that
4: well it's it's seeing the world from a critical thinking perspective it's it's looking at things in a way as a problem solver so you know to me a lot of it is that engineering brain set you see a problem and you work through in a critical way to solve a problem. That's a lot about what STEM is. STEM then is, you know, then you get the skills to do all of that, to, to you know, apply those skills to solve the problems. But starting with that mindset of finding what is the problem, analyzing what it is, you try it, you know, you design a solution, you try it. And then if it doesn't work, and most of the time it doesn't the first time, time then you redesign but it's all that critical thinking that goes into solving problems that's what stems about
2: what kind of uh, activities uh, talk to me about the donation the resources uh, what what are you guys going to be doing with this uh, donation
4: well twofold let's start with the outreach programming so gateway to science has a program that we call gateway gateway to science on the go It is a a van filled with STEM activities that we take around the state. This year alone, we've been to over 60 different outreach programs. Um, And what Hess is doing for us there is 50,000 is going to help develop new programs and support that STEM outreach because there's a lot of folks in rural areas that maybe won't get to the Science Center here in Bismarck. So this is our way of making sure that our, our programming is, is accessible. So that's, that's really an important piece. Um, the other portion of the don- donation, the 200,000, is going to develop oil and gas exhibits for our new science center. So we broke ground in early October um, on a piece of property just across the street from the MDU Resources Community Bowl on the campus of Bismarck State College. And that will be opening mid-2021. And it will focus on all of the STEM that's happening out in our state, making those, those workforce connections that we talked about earlier. So those oil and gas exhibits will help students to understand the STEM that goes into developing energy. You know, Why do we need energy? How do we get it? How do we most effectively use it? And really reflecting North Dakota's all of the above energy policy.
2: Let me ask you a question, how you're connecting with... Um, I imagine there's a lot of kids that are coming through. Yes. And it's um, the exhibits are more geared towards children than they are adults. I get adults can you know get something out of it, but the, I imagine the initial presentation is a little bit more focused towards kids. Is that correct?
4: I would say at this point in our current gallery, that's true. As we move into our new space and we have bigger and better exhibits we're really going to be serving from preschool all the way through adult and there will be experiences in that new gallery that all ages will relate to okay the nice thing about hands-on is that when you're young and you approach a hands-on exhibit you may just be excited about one piece of it the bottle rocket for example the bottle goes up in the air we isn't that fun when you get older you start to understand more about it. It's the same exhibit but you you bring more of yourself. There's there's a different approach to it. So every time you approach a hands on exhibit, you are learning something new and different. There are layers that occur. So the the better our exhibits are, the wider a range of age we can serve with those. So that's that's the best way I can think of to explain how, you know, the difference between hands-on and maybe another type of learning.
2: Yeah, um, I was going to ask you if there's anything that you're seeing that is engaging with the youth more than others, and and hands-on would certainly be something that would fall in that category, as my my son, he he started out at a Montessori school and a lot of that had to do with the hands-on learning approach, you know, they don't just count to ten, they actually feel the beads as they count ten beads out, so it's a it's an yeah. audio, you a visual, and a kinesthetic.
4: You could do that on a digital screen, but the tactileness of that bead experiment that you
2: just explained is going to stick in the brain longer than something that they saw digitally. Without so, a doubt. I mean, There's, there's digital, it, it's important, there,
4: there's lots of different ways of learning, but the hands-on, my experience, is that it sticks with you longer. There, there's just something about that tactileness of
2: manipulating something on your own that makes all the difference. So, so and, go ahead.
4: I was just going to say, we've, we've been doing this for 25 years here at Gateway to Science. I've been with the organization from the beginning. So I've actually seen how this works over the years and watched some of these students that have gone through our programs from the time they were very young, you know, all the way through high school. I've, You know, we've got kids that have gone to college that are having kids of their own now that, you know, um, so we we've seen this growth happen, and that's that's why I say when you approach a, a hands-on experience, experience it's a completely different thing than any type of learning.
2: I I wanted to ask you, and I didn't want to you know just to get in in any sort of conflict or or political or anything like that. But it's it's almost hard to these days talk in energy without people going there. The the direction I'm going is more of where the disconnection happened. Um, a lot of in, in a lot of the same way that people don't understand that you know hamburger comes from a farm, it comes from a grocery store. Uh, I think a lot of that's happening with energy. You know, you mentioned North Dakota, all of the above, and that's that 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 is a very uh, open minded way to look at energy, and that's not the case in a lot of areas. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, kids today, there, there there is a disconnect where. The energy comes from from the light switch. They just think it comes from the light switch. Um, STEM is a is an interesting way to try to reconnect with with children to kind of let them know about you know, hey, energy comes from a lot of different places. It's not just wind farms. It's not just fossil fuels. It's not just coal. Whatever that might be, there's a lot of different areas. Um, I
4: I agree with you, yeah. and, and we can do that in a non political way. It's all about the science behind it. You know, starting with, well, why do we need so much energy? Well, look around you. You know, you, you want your cell phone charged. You want to get from point A to point B. You know, we do far more travel than generations before us. We have, we have a lot of energy needs or, or wants, for that matter. But So let's start with that. Then how do we get it? Where does it come from? There's lots of different sources. How do we then use it? most efficiently are there some that are better than others in some circumstances there might be but there's no one silver bullet best energy
2: source No there, so, there's there's really not and where I see this stem coming in is a great way to reach kids to explain that and I don't know if yeah. it's being done or what but when I see something like this a uh, 250 and the reason for the conversation a $250,000 grant from uh, Hess Corporation to Bismarck's Gateway to Science Center. And, you know, when, when you start going with your mobile outreach and, and some of these things, um, is, that, is, I, I don't, is that part of the discussion at, at all? I mean, is Hess just donating this to donate it? Or is, there, is the idea that, you know, at the end of the day, the kids are going to understand that, you know, energy comes from a lot of different places when the light switch comes on?
4: reasons why an energy company would support what we're doing is because they appreciate the approach that we're taking in educating children and the general public about where their energy is coming from and how best to use it. Um, you know, and it, we're going to go back to that whole thing about what is STEM. It's all about critical thinking. When you understand the science that you're dealing with, you can make better choices and you can have a better understanding. If you're listening to things that maybe are not true or not completely science-based, then
2: you you may not be making the best critical choices. Yeah, that's and it's it's um it's a challenge these days. It really is. And like I said, it's, it's absolutely, too, it reminds me a lot of the ag industry. Like I said, when when the detachment came, when supermarkets kind of became the new oh, place for your food, and the farmers went, "Hey, remember us." <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Well, and we have the same conversations with
4: those supporters of ours that are in the ag industry and those that are in the medical industry and those in the transportation industry. So all of this, it, you know, the science that's happening out in the world needs to be presented in an unbiased manner so that people can say, okay, now I understand the scientific principles behind what, what is going on
2: here. I, I now get it. So talk to me as we wrap up here uh, about the energy companies. um, This Hess one one more time is kind of a recap. Any other ones that maybe were recent that you might want to mention and, you know, kind of give yourself an opportunity to explain to other energy companies that are listening or industry in general, why someone like Hess would give you $250,000 and why you guys need this. Go ahead and give yourself a plug. Well, thank you. Um, Well, We are doing some
4: really great work here in the area of STEM education, Um, both what we're doing physically now in our current building and our outreach program across the state. But what we really need in order to expand those programs is our new facility. Hess saw that as an opportunity for them to support what they value as well in STEM education. And I believe that most energy companies in the state have, have a very similar approach to their, um, support of STEM education that, you know, they see it as a workforce development opportunity. They see that their workforce should come from North Dakota and the children that are, are being educated right here in the state. Um, they're much more likely to stay here if they've got a good job that they know they can get to. And, um, you know, that's part of where, what Gateway to Science is doing along that pathway of, of developing kids for careers.
2: Any final thoughts as we wrap up here?
4: Well, we really appreciate the support of, of Hess Corporation and, and all the others that have, have jumped in on our capital campaign. We'd encourage others to reach out to us if they want to learn more about our project and, and about the work that Gateway to Science
0: does. To listen to the full-length interview, visit com. And here's to the sound of one hand clapping, and here's to not letting this moment pass.
3: Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery
1: When it's time
2: And that's going to do it for today's podcast Here at The Crude Life I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in And joining us here and choosing the crude life for some content part of your day. I'd like to also thank Beth Demke with the Bismarck Gateway Science Center. Joel Brown will be coming up in just a moment or two on our Bakken at Barbecue phone lines to talk about living the crude life, sweeping floors at the age of 13 for his grandfather's oil field service company. Moving back to Watford City, it's our three minute and 30 second daily update that we end the program with. Joel Brown with Mineral Tracker, thank him very much for coming on the program. Also, Hawker Well Works for being our sponsor today. Hawker Pipe Handler was developed to simplify the well servicing process. By reducing the need for manual labor, the Hawker Pipe Handler improves production time and reduces overall well servicing costs in a safer working environment. The Hawker reduces the need for manual labor when lifting the pipe and removing from the service rig by using the pipe handler. It greatly reduces the chance of back injuries and workers' comp claims. For more information, go to hawkerwellworks.com. That's hawkerwellworks.com. Mark your calendars, folks. Our featured event today was the 23rd Annual API Gumbo Cook-Off happening Saturday, March 28th at the West River Ice Rink in Dickinson, North Dakota. Those links are available at thecrudelife.com if you'd like to Click that on the show page. We've got all the links available. And if you'd like to email a, oh, whatever. It could be a guest idea, but I'm talking about an event. That was the transition I tried, but then I started thinking about all the other reasons you could email me from a topic to a guest to an event to maybe, you know, the music that you're hearing as part of our crude life music crossover so if you've got a band maybe that you want to have featured on here maybe you want to sponsor the program that would be awesome so a lot of reasons you can email jason at the crude you can reach out to me on linkedin facebook all kinds of different ways to ignore me all kinds of ways to contact me jason at the crude Johnny Green, the Earth's champion, thank you very much for the eco-watch of supersized solar farms taking over the world. That story is available at thecrudelife.com on our show page. Also, the Moody River Band is the Crude Life music crossover. New music next week. We just didn't have time to cross over the new over the music, so the Chris and the crossover. So Moody River Band, and by the way, their music is free. So if you want to download the Moody River Band's music, they don't charge you for it. Um, the next months, I believe, will charge. I think they're 99 cents like most places. But the Moody River Band, part of their business model is they would rather have you come to their events. So when they go do big events, they usually do street fairs and you know larger crowd events. And they want the crowd familiar with their music. They believe music should be free their performance that's a different story that's where they get paid so uh, go download their music for free if you like it the moody river band also our studio sponsor hatch coaching thank you very much and our phone line sponsor the Bakken barbecue once again the crude life podcast can be heard every monday through thursday with a weekend review on friday that's going to do it for today's program and one more thank you provolone thank you very much for your hard work today and doing the production elements. I know that that is often a job that goes unrewarded, unnoticed, and unthanked, but much like the men and women out there making sure our light switches have energy to be turned on, thank you for your hard work. From the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Spees. asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
3: The Crude Life with host Jason Spees.
2: My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. Thank you, folks, for joining us. On today's episode, we talk with Joel Brown, co-founder of MineralTracker.com. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Joel Brown of Mineral Tracker, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. The
5: average person uh, in in North Dakota collecting minerals is a 65-year-old woman collecting less than $600 a month off of minerals. So a little bit a little bit different picture than I think what most people think of as mineral owners because I think most people assume that if you own minerals that you are a multimillionaire that you've got you know several houses scattered around the country and you know all, all these different things but the truth is that mineral rights have been so divided uh, among you know various generations and in in state and outs out of state uh, parties and different family members things along those lines that it's a lot of it has become, you know, just so spread out and divided so many different times that the incomes for individuals can be, you know, they range a lot. There are certainly those who are making, you know, pretty significant revenue off of these things, but there are a lot who are realizing 600 bucks a month isn't anything to sneeze out. Of course, it's something that you should be aware of that you should be um understanding you know how that may change because that's still a significant amount to someone's life but it, we wanted to make sure that knowing that you know not every single person who was collecting on minerals was making you know millions of dollars a year off their minerals that even for that 65 year old woman who was collecting 600 dollars a month uh that she had a resource as well and so that's why we that's ultimately why we created Mineral tracker
2: And that was Joel Brown with mineraltracker.com. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Be part of our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts at thecrudelife.com social media pages. Facebook, Twitter, YouTubes. Go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media page. We have all of our network right there. 350,000 energy enthusiasts. From the staff. At the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, with your daily reminder that it's more than an industry, it's a way of life.
0: The Crude Life is sponsored in part by...
3: Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking the Davis Refinery.
2: It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has
5: to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life, you know? What do you do in society? You succeed at a thing, and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you, There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch.
2: For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com.
1: to the
0: every Monday through Thursday with a Week in Review on Friday. Well, I was tears old when John Lennon died. Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye. Yeah, next go I think it's Paul I say. And then there'll be only Ringo to play Well, Gandhi says now for now makes the whole world blind And I was two years old when John Lennon died I was born through a harvest moon, and I wasn't too late and I wasn't too soon, and I was born on the first day of my life, and I was two years old when John Lennon died. I've lived, yeah, you know that I've tried Well, I've told the truth, yeah, you know that I've lied You know we do what we do so we can survive And I was two years old when John Lennon died
2: seems everywhere i go these days someone is telling me about the success of hatch coaching listen to what professional speaker mark j lindquist has to say
5: to see eric hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people i think is one of those great steps in life you know what do you do in society you succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it and now to see eric duplicating his genius across the country i'm telling you There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch.
2: For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com.